a code red for humanity, curb emissions and dramatically reduce consumption or face a world that is fundamentally different. When Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. I want you to know that he was wrong. He was wrong. There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, 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 blah. It is unequivocal that human activities are responsible for climate change. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon. East tall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista Series 3, The Sky's the Limit. I'm Ian Collins and this is the UK's number one green-based podcast. When you scan the news agenda right now, you will see scandal, you will see Partygate, you will see fake immigration policies. But there is still a breathtaking lack of coverage when it comes to green-based stories being discussed. And that is where we come into coin a phrase, no stone is left unturned. Our man with the permanent frown of incredulity is the green entrepreneur and environmentalist Dale Vince. He's also the chairman of Forest Green Rovers. I wouldn't say celebrating promotion too early, but he joins us now live from a basement at Stringfellows. Dale, good morning. <laughs> yeah, and I'm in a horizontal position. I, uh, it's, it's almost like you can see me, not that part, uh, but the frown. <laughs> I feel like I'm frowning this morning. Well, it- Indeed, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons to frown as well. Can we start with this story because I thought this is rather kind of gets to the nub of quite a lot here. The thousands of potentially harmful chemicals could be prohibited in Europe under new restrictions, uh, which campaigners have said is the you know greatest victory or strongest victory so far. Yeah, amazing story, right? There are 12,000 chemicals about to be banned by the EU. I mean, I didn't even know there were that many that existed, but there are far more. They're being created at the rate of one every 1.4 seconds, for God's sake. So there are probably hundreds of thousands in circulation being used by industry and just like coming into contact with us all of the time and it's, it's you know polluting us and killing us. The industry is up in arms about this EU plan. They're claiming it's going to cost them half a billion pounds a year. That's all they care about money. But the EU is doing something really special. They're not just banning individual substances. They're banning whole families because the industry in the past has created this this way of sidestepping bans. And yeah, it's yeah. even got a name, regrettable substitution. So when the EU has banned a poisonous substance, the industry has created something very similar with some tweaks that isn't exactly the same thing, and it takes years so to be- So it kind of, to, to, years to get back on another ban list. Yeah, yeah. Regrettable substitution. You might think that the people, you know, responsible would go, you know, this is poison, so it's probably not a good idea we do this at all. <laughs> That's right. You, mean, you might think that hope, would just be the, the, the conclusion yeah. they would, would come to. I mean, the EU, right, what a, what a great place. One day maybe we'll be there. Yeah, well, <laughs> remember those days well. Uh, Simon on Twitter, reference football, still aiming for league champions. Done deal, Dale, isn't it? We are still top of the league. That's got to be said. It's only on goal difference now. Uh, but there are only two games left, and we'll see what happens. And I was uh, actually I was saying to the guys at the club the other day that um, our first season being responsible for the club in, in the National League, we survived on goal difference. So it'd be quite poetic if we won the league on goal difference. I don't think that's going to happen, though, is it? I have no idea. <laughs> At this point, I'm not making any predictions. <laughs> uh, let's make a prediction on electoral success, though. Uh, the Tories could lose 1.3 million voters if net zero targets are ditched, because there's a bit of a pressure from some backbench Tories to ditch the net zero stuff. Um, and this, according to the article in The Guardian, will not play well with some voters. 
Yeah, that's our old friends on the Net Zero Scrotum Group in the 20 <laughs> renegade MPs, just like fresh from Brexit success, looking for another hopeless, stupid cause to back and win. Uh, and yeah, I mean, this is a center-right think tank that's come up with this report. This is no, this is no lefty job. And, and it, you know, it tells us what the polls really do tell us. I mean, all of the polls are showing, you know, 70, 80% support for the government to do more to, for us to get to net zero. Um, so, I mean, it shouldn't be surprising to anybody, but, um, will they pay attention? Who knows? I kind of hope not. And I hope they do lose the 1.3 million votes. That's probably <laughs> the best thing. Yeah, well, I was going to say, there's a sort of double-edged sword there, isn't there? Uh, <laughs> this in from Jane. It says, Dale and Ian have been a long-time listeners to the podcast. Any plans for talks at this year's WOMAD uh, have missed ecotricity, have missed the ecotricity stage? Yeah, and probably missed WOMAD as well, I would say, because that hasn't been on, has it? It didn't happen without us. And it's happening this year, and we're back, and Jon Snow is hosting. And at the moment, we're just looking for a topic for a for a stage or panel discussion. I and mean, come along if you like, Ian. We could do a – maybe we, we shoot a live podcast or something. Yeah, I think I'm actually already booked to come along, so – Oh, my bad. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody gave me a flute and said, just play this next to Dale. Maybe there's so that a, there's sounds a good. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. That reminds me of my busking days. Uh, you know, somebody would play a flute literally next to me and I would juggle homemade clubs made out of water bottles and broom handle sticks. Fantastic. Can you still do it? Can you still do the juggling? Yeah, I reckon. It's like riding a bike. You never forget learning how to fall off, do you? That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, here's one potentially devastating climate crisis may fuel future pandemics. I mean, this is, I think this has crossed our path before this one. Uh, there'll be at least 15,000 instances of viruses leaping between species over the next 50 years with climate crisis, helping to fuel a potentially devastating spread of disease. Uh, that's going to imperil animals, people, and further risk pandemics. Yeah, incredible. And 10,000 of those 15,000 are the kinds of virus that can infect humans. They're zoonotic. And um, what's happening is we're coming into closer contact with animals that we never would have before, before agriculture dominated our planet and took all of the habitats from wildlife. And the climate crisis itself is forcing animals that would never come into contact with each other into contact, which is therefore passing viruses that, you know, never would have got that opportunity as well. So it's a bit of a kind of cluster, yeah. I'm not going to say the word, because yeah, I swear too a- much on this podcast, of, <laughs> um, of events. Got it. Uh, speaking of animals, crabs and lobsters may get similar rights to mammals uh, yeah. in UK experiments. Yeah, whoop, whoop, right. Actually, I mean, it is a big deal for crabs and lobsters, but that's not a that's not a good sign, actually. I mean, because the rights that mammals have are not great, right, is what I'm trying to say. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a low bar. But right now, crabs and lobsters, I mean, they're not, they're not even on the scale of bars. You know, I mean, they're treated ab- abominably, you know, being boiled to death. I mean, God, what on earth is going on? Do you think people love a lobster more than a crab? I don't know. But we definitely have a kind of speciesist approach to things, don't we? Dolphins, cuddly fish, who cares? Yeah. Suffocate them to death, you know? Lobsters, boil them to death. Cows, we think we kill them humanely, but we don't see that, do we? We don't see how it goes down. Dogs don't eat dogs. I mean, that's a scandal, isn't no, it? You know, no, no, no. countries just, that just eat do, dogs are like barbaric, aren't just they? Just do the stuff that we've always eaten, so therefore that's okay. <laughs> it's a cu- curious contradiction in that you know whether you're a meat eater or not, you have to acknowledge that there is a massive contradiction in the uh, in the kind of pecking order of what we see as uh, as usable commodities. 
Maybe it's a human condition because this week I was astounded by uh, statements from Western politicians this week saying that uh, Russia is using gas in, in a form of blackmail because they turned off the, the taps yes. to Poland. I was astounded by that because for months now, literally three months, we've been waging economic war against Russia. We've been banning imports and exports, seizing assets yep. and uh, kicking them out of the banking system. And um What's that if it's not blackmail? Because sure. it's about trying to stop the war through economic means. And Russia turns off the taps to Poland and the yep. West is like, oh, my God, look at these people. They're rule breakers. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, but that's human condition. Everything we do is right. You know, the invasion of all of the countries that we've invaded is a long list uh, to, to have regime change and stuff like that. That's OK because we did it. Right. And the same with sanctions and economic war. That's OK when we do it. But yeah. it's not OK when Russia does it. But I think it's really funny because... Fossil fuels are the one thing that Russia needs to supply to Europe and Europe needs from Russia. Everything else is subject to this economic battle, but not fossil fuels. It's like it's a weapon of mass destabilization of our yeah. economies if it goes wrong. That's a good point. A final story before a final question. Uh, it's, it's interesting, this uh, fake news, I guess. A dozen scientists, politicians and campaigners say they've been tricked into participating in online events promoting climate change denial. Did you see this? <laughs> did they? <laughs> when did they? When did they discover? <laughs> well, they were organised by the Creative Society, which is a sort of an international activist group that uh, denies global warming is being caused by human activity. So uh, they they found themselves kind of tricked into participating and saying bad things, climate skeptic things. I mean, well, I, I, just, I guess yeah. yeah. I mean, whether they sort of phrased the questions in a way that kind of made it look like they that the, these people had credibility on their side because they got lots of you know good people, um, or whether they were some people that are alleging they were tricked and have now changed their mind. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can imagine Nigel Farage saying that one day. You know, I, I I didn't actually hold these views. Yeah, so. it's a stock answer. Is oh no, they tricked me uh, into saying these things. Um, but we will watch with interest. And Chris on Facebook says, "Do you reckon there'll be more interest in Forest Green Rovers next season? How are you going to fit in all the extra fans?" That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be more interest. Uh, the story of our promotion has already gone around the world because it was tied to the electric bus trip we took. And, of course, it was Earth Week, which helped yeah, us. Yeah. Uh, smallest club ever to be in League One. You know, we got all of that stuff on our side. And we'll hopefully have an electric bus. But we've got a 5,000-capacity stadium. Average gates approaching 3,000 this year. We expect to be approaching 4,000 next year. So we'll still have some room. The hill will struggle to get to our ground. We know sure. that the mains, water, and uh, power will struggle, and parking will be a nightmare. And it'll all be fun, though, you know. Um, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait for the chaos. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, Dale, we'll speak next week. Nice one. Thanks, Ian. That is it for this episode. Don't forget, of course, you can follow this podcast from your podcast provider so that you get each new episode automatically. Really important bit. Follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash dalevince or facebook.com slash dalevince. Zero carbon. East off.